how to come, how to come better, how to come in different ways, how to come harder, how to come more often, how huh. to have incredible intercourse. Hello and welcome to Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to sexual biohacking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, it wasn't even a term we knew before. I didn't know what with it, Susan Bratton, our I guest know. today. Yes. So we learned some stuff and hopefully you will too. Yeah. Um, I am Robin. I'm here with my um, bright and sunny, summery co-host, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm on a little bit of a high from this interview that we just did. Yeah. Susan Bratton is a force to be reckoned with. And we learned a lot. I was fucking taking notes in that interview. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look, take a look at the show notes for this one because there's going to be a lot of links and interesting things to check out. Yeah. Oh, but, but Sarah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yes, do you have yes, any sorry. fuck yes? Do you have any fuck yes this week? I do. I have my above ground pool set up. It is never a thing that I thought about having mm-hmm. until when we were in the the house searching process. There was a house that had a pool. It was pretty far out. It was going to be a hard commute for us to manage. But once that idea of having a pool got, that seed got planted in my head, like I'd never given myself permission to think of having a pool. Mm -hmm. And Andrea was like, you know, we could get an above ground pool. And ignorance is bliss. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you, because setting up an above ground pool is a real pain in the ass y'all it is for a frustrating process but I have to to tell you I go outside now anytime I have a moment free like at the end of the day like I did a bunch of cleaning yesterday and I just went and I floated in the pool for an hour and I love it And the thing that's really kind of cool about above ground pools, I know I'm probably not telling people anything they don't know, but I was not really that familiar with above ground pools. The water gets warm. Really? Because in ground pools are cold because Hmm. they're surrounded by the earth that is cold. But above ground pools, the water is warm. Oh, that's nice. It is really nice. And it's salt water. And it's just that like little bit of pleasure and decadence that I have carved out for us. And it is lovely. Well, and you worked hard for that pool. I think the saga of getting it installed what seemed like a simple, fairly like reasonable thing to do turned into your backyard flooding, like a lot of very serious issues that you overcame. Yeah. You were telling me about your pool problems and I was like, 
in my head, give up. <laughs> I think Andrea absolutely was like, we should give up on this. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously things were stressful. There were some low moments, like when uh, the contractor left a hose in the full pool and walked away and flooded our yard. <laughs> I just kept thinking like, one day I'm going to be floating in this pool yeah, and it's going to be magical. Yeah. And now I'm there and I'm so in appreciation to my past self for insisting on this absolutely ridiculous thing that we now have in our yard. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Sometimes we have to be a little decadent and especially when you do a big transition like you guys did. It's nice to treat yourselves. Yeah. <sighs> Today, we have on Susan Bratton, who is really an inspirational speaker. And she has, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to list off all of the programs that she runs. She has a website called Better Lover that is uh, video education. She's on OnlyFans and does a lot of edutainment. She has a huge list of ageless sexuality presentations that she offers. She writes books and she is just a lot of fun. Yeah. We had such a blast. Incredible energy. Yes. And I learned a lot. We think that you guys are going to learn a lot from it. Her 20 years of experience really shows. Let's get into it. Yeah. Susan, welcome to Fuck Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to be with you two cutie beauties. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. Us too. Yeah. So we uh, we like to do a little warm up before we get into the conversation. Are you are you down for that? Yeah, I would okay. call it foreplay, but I actually don't even like that word anymore. So oh. um, I I don't like the notion of foreplay and sex. Like set like intercourse is the only thing that sex is, and foreplay is just the stuff you do to get there. And I'm like, that's bullshit. So I would have called it foreplay, but now I'm like anti-foreplay. Yeah, no, we're on this train too. A war like it could be a warm-up or that could be the main event. Like it's a hierarchical pleasure system. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah we're with you. Is there an article of clothing, or maybe it's not even clothing, maybe it's an accessory, some type of makeup, I don't know, something that you are just loving putting on your body right now? Yes, this beautiful necklace that I'm wearing, which is mm. an opal, an Australian opal that I that I told my husband would be a really great idea to get me for my 30th wedding anniversary. So uh, I've been wearing it a lot lately. Congratulations, 30 years. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 years and having the best sex of our lives together. Even well, better. we're going to have to ask you about yeah. that. <laughs> First celebrity crush? None, ever. Zero. Really? I, I'm not a star fucker. It's of no interest to me at all. I like just the people I have incredible energy with. Wow. Even wow. from a young age, there was no one that you pined after. No, I don't give a shit about that. That's amazing. That is the first time that we've heard that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Can you tell us about anyone that you did have a crush? Like who was your first crush then? What was that person like? 
Well, I think his name was Craig Bostwick, and I was probably <laughs> in first grade, and I chased him around the uh, playground and tried to lasso him with my jump rope. <laughs> That's right. The jump rope of truth. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember your first mode of masturbation and how old you were? Yeah. Uh, fingers, 13. Classic. Good for yeah, you. It is. But you know what? It's actually not that. It seems like it should be classic. But we hear a lot of like five-year-old humpers and yeah. all of these other like the jacuzzi jets and things yeah. like that. Um, the bathtub but, is a big one that we hear yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I just got one of those new shower wands. The uh, Wow Tech did that cross with Hans Groey on the shower yeah. wand. That's a clitoral massager. And I friggin' love that thing. It's not super great for getting the soap out of my hair, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm having orgasms in the shower now. Um, I do remember a funny little thing I did in high school, though. I had some paint brushes and I love the feathery little tip of the paintbrush right mm. on my clit. Oh, that's nice. a great tip, actually. I feel like yeah. people should incorporate that into their pleasure box. Which was an interesting thing because 20 years later or longer, I ended up getting into the expanded orgasm, orgasmic meditation world and practice. And that's a super light stroke on the meat of the clit under the hood. Mm. And it's just super, super light. One of the things that I've really enjoyed lately is just incredibly light touch, like right down the little frilly edges of the inner labia. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that makes me come so well, like the lightest of touch. So I think I've always enjoyed all of it, you know, the, the heavier touch to the really, really super light. Wow. Speaking of, you're clearly such a sexually empowered woman. Thank you. And I'm really curious about how you went on your sexual journey, how you got to this point in your life where you're 30 years of marriage and having the best sex of your life. How does that happen? How do you get to the, such an empowered place in your life? I think I always wanted to have great sex, but it seemed elusive to me, honestly. I mean, there were these moments, make out with my girlfriend, really great pussy eating from a guy who used to shave his whole body because he was a bicyclist and he felt so good to me, you know, flash moments, but as many bad experiences as good. And I was like, why can't it be good? You know, <laughs> met my husband and enjoyed having sex with him. But after a decade, a little longer than a decade of having sex with him and not having orgasms from intercourse, I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. And we had kind of really fallen apart. He was having an affair so that he could get his needs met and still stay with me and our daughter in our relationship. And I wanted to have good sex and he thought maybe I just had given up on it. And I think I had just given up on it because it wasn't that pleasurable for me. Yeah. And so instead of getting divorced, like we saw all our friends doing, we decided to do something about it. And we went to therapy, we did some personal growth, and we went to some sex workshops. And when we started going to sex workshops, it was like, bam, all of a sudden, when someone tells you what to do and how to do it, well, my God, look at you coming <laughs> like a little banshee. And it was literally at that time, 20 years ago, that we decided that we wanted to start a company together, which we did, Better Lover and Personal Life Media. We started a company publishing passionate lovemaking techniques. And we took all the mentors that had taught us how to have great sex and created online programs with them and published them. 
And ever since then, I've just been, you know, a student of the sexual arts and exploration. And um, I, I moved into my own power through the support and encouragement of my partner. And over time, we became poly and opened our relationship and took other lovers and had lots of experimentation and experiences. And um, it's just gotten better and better for me. I'll be 62 next week, and I'm having absolutely the most wonderful sex of my life. I'm more confident. I'm more orgasmic. I'm more sexually self-expressed. I'm more in my power. I'm happier. I feel good. I'm, you know, I just feel like having a great sex life just imbues your entire life with vital energy and confidence. So that's the story in a nutshell. It was, you know, your greatest wound becomes your greatest gift. I almost lost the love of my life over a lack of orgasmic intercourse. And it's interesting too, because I'm writing my 44th book, and I'm, I run a publishing company. I publish my own stuff. I, I, I don't like to work for anybody. I'm, I'm a rebel. I'm a barbarian. <laughs> I don't myself, you know, I just have to do my shit my way. And my 44th book is called Orgasmic Intercourse, How to Cross the Gasm Chasm. Because <laughs> um, people don't understand that all orgasms, and I, by my count, there's 20. And the 20th one is wild card because there's always things I don't know but they're all learned skills. And so what I have ended up doing in my career for two decades is teaching people how to come better, how to come, how to come better, how to come in different ways, how to come harder, how to come more often, how <laughs> to have incredible intercourse and, and more, all the comes, not just intercourse, but I really wanted to do one specifically on intercourse because what I found is that so many female-bodied people say, I guess I'm just not the kind of person who can come from intercourse. And then their male-bodied partner goes, I guess you're not, but we're still going to fuck. And, you know, how long can you do that? For me, it was 11 years. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then my husband's like, well, we need to make this work for you. Uh, but not everyone does. They think they're broken. One of my right. one of my girlfriends, another fellow sexual biohacker, Anna Lindfors, she says, you're not broken sexes. And uh, I think that's so true that I don't want people to give up on the fact that these are just simple pathways that we could awaken. So interesting. Your approach is almost scientific and yeah. um, method based. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it seems like you discovered the right way for you to be able to experience more orgasmic pleasure. And then that mm -hmm. just sent you off on this path of sexual empowerment. Yeah, it was it was a couple of things. I have been super lucky to have a couple of incredible mentors. One of whom was Dr. Patty Taylor, who taught me the expanded orgasm practice, the clitoral stroking technique that allows us to take orgasm from the old Kinsey model of, you know, climb up, and then fall off the cliff, and you've got a refractory, which is which is not only stupid and outdated, but bad for both XX and XY chromosome homo sapiens. It's just a stupid fucking idea. Like guys think ejaculation is the same as orgasm and one they, once they have one, they're one and done. I mean, if anything, penis owners are, are lagging behind in their orgasmic capacity. Women are, the females, vulva owners are ahead in mm -hmm. saying, oh, 
well, I'd like to have a clitoral orgasm. I'd like to have a cervical orgasm. I'd like to have a squirting orgasm. I'd like to try, have an anal gas. You know, they're, they're like, oh, I got a little checklist here I'm trying to get done where penis owners are all like, man, I'm good with one, you know, and it's like, wow, you're really underachieving here. I would like more for you. <laughs> but I started out getting taught this practice of, of taking the moment of climax and expanding the time, like pulling okay. taffy and being able to stay in orgasm and just go up into this incredible level of sensation and then stack that sensation and go higher and higher and come better and better for longer and longer. So long that the only thing that I would have to do is I would have to stop to like get a drink of water, catch my breath, have something to eat because I got hungry. <laughs> like wow. I had really come a lot. And I wouldn't have done that without Dr. Patty Taylor teaching me these techniques that allow you to stay in orgasm. So I've been teaching expanded orgasm to thousands and thousands of people for two decades now. So that was the beginning. And then I met Sherry Winston, who wrote a seminal book called The Women's Anatomy of Arousal. And she right. planted this little seed in my head about orgasmic cross training. And I, knowing Kristen Tribby and other people who have been on your show, <laughs> mm -hmm. Kristen was the one who watered that seed for me because she said, well, there's just, there's different categories of sex toys. And I'm like, right, there are. And then how many are there? And I did this kind of like overview of all the different types of toys and checked with her on it. And there's, there's basically eight categories for the vulva. And then I looked at Nan Rice's work and she stuck a bunch of people in fMRIs and looked at when I stimulate this, what part of your brain lights up? And it was like, oh, that's so interesting. Because if you look at just the vulva as an example, I, I do this for penis ownership, but I'm going to focus on the vulva just for now, because it's a little a little more, I don't know, interesting to me right this moment. I noticed that my yoni was getting activated in different areas over time. Like, oh, wow, when my lover strokes across my mons, I squirt more. That's hmm. so interesting. Like I started to, oh, when they, when, when my lover just takes a finger and runs it along my labia, oh, I come really well. Oh, when they touch the shaft of my clit and give me a really good clitoral erection, I, my intensity of clitoral orgasm expands. That's it. And then, so I, I kind of like took all these pieces and went, oh, this is vulva activation. We mm. got to light up all the parts of the brain. And how do we do that? Let's stimulate them all. Let's get all the erectile tissue just like, let's get the dick that's in our pants erect because it's all buried in there. How do we get away from just the tip of the clit is the only thing that counts? Yes. And how do we just activate the pussy inside and outside? top to bottom, side to side, and throw the boobs in, stick your tongue in my mouth, let's get it all lit up. Mm -hmm. And I just started thinking about that. And that's where I ended up at orgasmic cross training. Here's the eight tools, put them all in your pleasure chest, activate them all, uh, try soft, try hard, you know, like just just wow. thinking about the fact that the vulva owner has as much erectile tissue wrapped yep. around the vagina as the penis owner does 
sticking out of their stomach and then, you know, from their abdomen out, but also from their abdomen down, there's 50% of their penis is buried shaft. Now double the size of what you see, peel off the skin. All that is in my vulva. How do I get that all plumped up? So it's sending massive pleasure signals to my brain. Let's use some tools. Let's use some techniques. And then I got on to looking at Jamie McCartney's art. You've seen The Vagina Wall. Yes. That's mm-hmm. now renamed Strike Through Vagina Wall. Now it's called Vulva Wall. Mm-hmm. You Good. Know, Good. Vulva. Okay. I got to rename my art. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I mislabeled. <laughs> Did you see his new castings of the vagina? No. I was actually looking for them because this was a question I had for you. Yes. You yes. recently were posting about the anatomy of the vulva and this misconception that we have this kind of tubular canal. And so, you know, we've yeah. talked a lot about the structure of the internal legs of the clit and mm-hmm. how like the whole external part of the vulva just is rich for massage grinding, you know, pinpointed as well as distributed massage to access all of these parts of the clitoris. Um, But you were describing the vagina as a cavern. And I love this description because it also has the, uh, you know, built-in narrative of the explorer of the cavern, I feel like. Do some spelunking. Get your headlamps on, Bobby's a Yeah. 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 But can you speak to that a little bit? Because people get really attached to the G-spot. Like, I need this button I can press that's going to have my partner coming for days that, you know, when everyone started, I don't know, it was probably about 10 years ago where people started talking about the A spot. And I'm like, the A spot, what are we talking about now? And so I'm looking it up and I'm like, okay, the anterior cervix. Yes, yes, yes. This is a point in the, you know, vaginal canal that it can facilitate lubrication and those sorts of things. But I'm like, is it a spot? For a lot of people, they don't even really get the expansion to be able to access it because they're not reaching full arousal. But let's, we break this down a little bit for us why this idea of spots and like the vagina being an inverted penis is a misconception yes and thank you yes 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 sarah um right especially because we call it the canal the birth canal so then people think oh it's a tube it must be like an inside out dick Okay, well, let's just do to it what we do to dicks, which is uh, 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 Mm -hmm. right. And ah, that's such a bummer to me. So if you think about the vagina, thank God for Jamie McCartney. And you can just Google him. It's McCartney like Paul, but no relation, probably. Jamie did some resin castings of vaginas, and they look like a little balloon. They have a, a little neck. And then they balloon, but they've got a little dimple, a convex part of the top where the cervix presses down into the tissue. And the neck on the top is the urethral sponge. So when you think about the penis and the inside of it being all erectile tissue, when you double the size of what you see, because you know that half of it's inside, now you've got a whole banana full of Mm -hmm. erectile tissue, you peel the skin off, that's what... Now you take that and wrap that around our vagina. That's where ours all is. It's the clitoral hood, the clitoral glands, the clitoral shaft, the clitoral arms, the clitoral legs, the urethral sponge. 
the perineal sponge. It's like a beautiful erectile tissue, golden handcuff around the vaginal <laughs> opening. The adroital sphincter is the opening. The space between the two labia is called the vestibule. I love that. So when you think about the vagina, you're thinking about a little sphincter muscle that goes into it like a little neck, a little pipe that then opens like a balloon. And the whole top area is the urethral sponge. It comes closest to the top of the vagina right near the entrance, but it, it goes back. You hit the cervix. There's more room past the cervix in the back of the vagina. Down along the bottom of the vagina, you've got the perineal sponge, which is another part of our erectile tissue. On the sides, you've got the pedendal nerves running down the legs. So every aspect, every square inch of the internal vaginal cave is exquisitely sensitive. Once the tissue is activated, once we establish the neural pathways of sensation to brain, our brain being our biggest sex organ, it's processing the stimulation and telling us that it feels good. Mm. If it's never been touched before, it's not activated yet. So if you think about the entire cave and activating it, you want to if you can't feel anything, it's because you've never touched that before. Hmm. And it just needs to have the signals of touch, send neural signals to the brain, your biggest sex organ. And then that makes the connection of pleasure. And so you really, what it goes right into that whole orgasmic cross-training thing, that whole idea of activating with all kinds of different toys, fingers, penises, whatever it might be. But when you think about the vaginal cave, I want people to think about going beyond just touching the skin in the vagina, just as though when you're touching the G area, you're touching the skin, but you're actually pressing through the skin and mm. you're touching the spongy urethral tissue on the other side. That is a part of the erectile tissue. You're, you're getting that erectile tissue full of blood it plumps up those skeins glands, the blood plasma runs in to the pelvic bowl, you're turned on, it seeps through the skeins glands, you have a contraction that ejects the fluid. The same with the vagina, it's not a gland, it's not self-lubricating, you've got to get turned on so you've got blood flow to the vagina that seeps through the walls, that wets the vagina for that fluidy feeling. Just like when you touch the cervical area and you awaken it, sometimes at first it's sensitive and then it loves to be touched. The same as the floor, the sides. But instead of just stroking the tissue, just the same as with the clitoral shaft and the clitoral glands, you're not rubbing the skin. Right. That's not what feels good. What feels good is the tissue under it, your little clit dick that loves to be jerked off a little, you know, things like that, where you're touching the meat inside. So I want people to not only explore, spelunk the cave, but know that it's not just the walls that you're touching, mm -hmm. but the meat of our womb, of all of the inside of us that will send even more pleasure to our brain to activate and help us become 
orgasmic with intercourse, orgasmic with meditation, orgasmic with dildos, orgasmic with fingers, all of those things. So it's just, you know, kind of pushing out what we know, going from the little tip of the clit to just like, what is all this stuff that we can play with? Yeah. Can we take a moment and pause on this idea of cross-training? Because yeah. you also mentioned conditioning. And I think mm-hmm. that this is so interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, people have an experience a lot of the time, particularly mm-hmm. with internal stimulation, mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, it felt uncomfortable yeah. or I felt like I had to pee Or I didn't have that incredibly orgasmic experience the first time. And now I think maybe it's not for me. I really like this idea of the kind of exercise analogy of cross training, because it's like you don't pick up a weight day one Mm -hmm. and train your muscles and condition your muscles. Yeah, the mind-body connection to the muscle Mm -hmm. happens over time. It's building muscle memory. It's rehabituating how you respond to the stimuli, and it can become erotic over time. So just tell us a little bit more about this orgasmic cross-training. I want to tell you about the tools that I recommend for this. Now, I am not saying that Fingers, tongues, penises aren't also great. They certainly are. And one of the biggest things I do is champion yoni massage and lingam massage. Because though we're talking about the vulva right now, we could be just putting the word penis in here. Mm-hmm. Penis, prostate, testicles, perineum. I mean, there's so much rich material in our male body partners. And so for women, and I, I put it at orgasmiccrosstraining.com. So you don't have to write this down if you're driving in the car or what have you. <laughs> but the eight orgasmic cross training tools for vulva owners are liquors, thrusters, dildos, the internal external kind of vibrational tools, which are commonly called rabbits, wands, bullet vibes, air stimulators, and G-spot wands. Pretty much everything can go into one of those categories. And then for the penis owners, it's strokers, penis rings, prostate massagers, and dildos. And, you know, there might be some things I've missed, but I'm damn close. I've checked with a lot of people on this (laughs) stuff. So what I recommend is that people not only do a lot of yoni and lingam massage and learn oral pleasuring techniques and fingering techniques, but also on your own solo and with your partner, begin to incorporate a lot of toys. For example, yesterday or the day before, I was with my boyfriend. And lately, one of the things that I've been really enjoying, he gives me really incredible nipplegasms. He has this Mm. certain way of stroking my nipples that he can take me into orgasm and hold me there for really long times. I can come for really, it's like an expanded orgasm of the nipple. Wow. It's so good. He plays with my boobs so well. (laughs) He does just the right squeezes and just the right brushes. And he gets all up here and he kisses my neck and he makes out with me. It's so delicious. And I wanted him to do that to me while I had my vibrating dildo. In this case, it was the patchy pole, mm-hmm. <laughs> which everybody in the sex toy business always knows the patchy pole. They're like, yep, that's an old classic. I love my yep. old patchy pole. <laughs> so I had a patchy pole inside me 
and I use the new Vim on my labia and my clitoral situation with the penetrating wand while I had vibration inside me and he was giving me nipple gasms and making out with me. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of activation in yeah. it. That's <laughs> some serious sensation. That's somebody who can hold a lot of fucking sensation. Yeah. You have to work your way up to that. Like, yes, you that, do. That's not beginner shit right there. Yeah, I'm that's, a little overwhelmed hearing about it. Are you? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just joking. <laughs> I know. I think it's so. But it is. It's a lot. I'm like, okay, all right. It's a lot going on. You have to it's, be in the right head space yeah. and physical space. You have to be warmed up for that. You are like a sexual athlete is what you're yes. talking about. Yes, 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 I am. I would say that's very true. I have a, bring a lot of athletics to it. What I'm hearing from you, what I'm learning about you, it's like this mix of almost like scientific fascination yeah. and sexual athleticism for your sex life that has created this wonderful blossoming that you've experienced uh, in your relationship and in your life. I have a question that's a little off script. I'm wondering about how menopause played into all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm just starting the journey, like shit's starting to get weird. And I have a lot of paranoia because it's kind of this thing that nobody really talks about until you're about in your forties. And then everybody starts telling you ghost stories. (laughs) Ah, It's going to dry up and fall out. Ah, (laughs) You're going to have itchy ears and sweating all the time. And then you're going to be overcome in flames. You're just going to burst into flames. And so I'm like, what you seem like to be a ray of hope for those of us that are on the menopause train. So I'm wondering what your experience is and how you managed to build your sexuality rather than just cling to it for dear life, like it seems like a lot of people are doing. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. And it's funny that athletic sex, that's, that's, that's hilarious, but I guess that's true. I, uh, I was very, very ill, very, very ill. And I had to crawl myself back to health. And a way that I did that was I started working out every day. And that mm-hmm. that did create a level of athleticism. It was imbued into my sexuality for the mm-hmm. first time just in my 60s. Yeah. So next week, I'll be 62. So first of all, I still menstruate because mm. I take bioidentical hormone replacement. I like my period. And I have this stupid little saying, if she ain't bleeding, she's receding. That's mm. just me. It's my personal decision. It's just like when I say, you know, I had the patchy Paul up, up inside me and I was using the Vim and I was doing this. and I was doing... I'm not saying that's what anyone else should do. I'm just saying right. this is some crazy stuff that I'm doing it's because it might give you the idea to just incorporate one of those things into your life or be like, oh, that, that one sounded good to me. I might try that thing. It's not a prescription for anyone else. It's just a share. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that I became more athletic because I started working out all the time and it made me realize, Oh, I like physical sex. I like sex positions. Mm -hmm. I've got stamina. Mm -hmm. Like my cowgirl has come on strong because I've got like meat slabs for thighs. Now Mm. you can't really ride a cock that well if you don't have strength. Yeah. So endurance endurance. I have really enjoyed moving into that. And I take bioidentical hormone replacement because I like to have the estrogenic protection for my cognitive function, Mm -hmm. my heart health, uh, my skin. And I think that it keeps things juicy. But I don't actually think that's 
the real answer. Mm. The reason that I think I have the juiciest, most lubricated, most gorgeous pussy of my <laughs> life right now at 62. Yeah. Oh, she's a pretty one. And it's because I've done a lot of sexual rejuvenation, sexual biohacking. I've done the Femi wave treatments because I chase incontinence like before I started this round of Femi wave treatments, I had that kind of incontinence that my girlfriend calls keyhole incontinence. I drive into my garage. I'm getting the key in the lock in my door. And I'm <laughs> just going to piss my pants out in my front door. <laughs> mm-hmm. I run in and the pee starts coming out before I get my pants down and sit on the toilet like I'm peeing. Oh, my I'm so like, glad I now have a name uh, for this. I know. This also happens to me. Really? Okay. And so I'm using Femi Wave to remediate that right now. And it's starting to go away. Femi Wave is essentially acoustic wave that's topically applied to the vulva. It's also Gaines Wave is the analogy technology for the penis. Wait, wait, wait. You're, are you playing music for your pussy? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> what is what is the sound? Oh, she's singing. She's oh, singing yeah. the song. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but what it does, what I like about Femi Wave is that it, it reconstitutes the erectile tissue because it atrophies. Just as we wrinkle and we shrink with age, our genitals shrink and wrinkle and atrophy. And so not only does it reconstitute that erectile tissue and give you back orgasmic intensity, but it also plumps and lifts the labia. Uh. And it also reverses incontinence and it aids in stimulating the vaginal mucosal lining so that it becomes thicker again, so that you can hold more fluid in there, which creates the lubrication. So it doesn't thin and you don't get painful sex. So it helps with lubrication. It helps with looking pretty and plump. It helps with orgasmic intensity and it helps with incontinence. So I love that. But I've also done PRP to my clitoris. So I've had platelet rich plasma injected clitorally seven times. I also Wait, 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 wait. Is that the vampire facial thing? But you did it for your clitoris? Yeah, I do it for my face. I do it for my hair chest, neck, decolletage, that hands, arms. I like put PRP everywhere. Uh, um, and now I'm banking my own stem cells. I'm going in August to bank my stem cells. So I have my own line of my own DNA stem cells that I can use, uh, you know, in case I ever get a tr- TBI or I'm in a wreck or I tear a ligament or I want to plump up my clit. <laughs> yeah. Who knows so, what you'll want to do. <laughs> I mean, and I like to use a vacuum pump. I like to pump my clit and vulva and bring blood in to keep the atrophy at bay. And I also use something from Joy Lux, a woman-owned business. It's called the V-Fit. It's a vagina device. It's at vaginadevice.com. And it's red light, photobiomodulation. Mm-hmm. You use it intravaginally, and it has warmth, toning, and the red light. And that remodels the glycogen, which is what your good bacteria need to eat. It keeps your biome good. It thickens the tissue. It helps reverse incontinence. So that's a do. That's a DIY at-home device for inside the vagina. The FemiWave does it all, but it's not available everywhere. So I like to have multiple things, like, you might be able to afford stem cells or only PRP or neither. You know, there's like good, better, best kind of pricing on all this rejuvenation stuff. And I I do all those things to myself because I'm a sexual biohacker. It's 
my business. Wow. So I, I, I have to do these things to myself because I need to report on what I would do and what I wouldn't because there are things I do not recommend. I don't like CO2 lasers. I don't like RF devices. There are very specific things I've tried where I was like, I'll never fucking do that again to myself. That is bullshit. A man invented that. Mm. You know, so, <laughs> um, so I, I really do stand behind the things I recommend because I do them to myself. And yeah. I have never come better. And I feel that I have never been more lubricated or juicy or luscious. And I'm 62. So I feel like a big part of what I like to talk about is not just longevity and ex extending your health span, but extending your sex span. That's what I, I wanted just to, about ask to ask you. About this. Yes. Because <laughs> you use the term sex span. Define that for us. There's a study done in uh, Europe where 2,500 people were shown photos of people between the ages of 18 and 80 and asked to guess their ages. And there was this particular group of people that everyone guessed to be 10 years younger than their chronological age. They called them the super young. And they were like, what, what is it about these people? Why? Why are these people, why do they look so young? Turns out, they finally figured out that these were people who were having intimacy three times a week, where the other people were not. Mm. And it was making them look younger. That would have been enough for me right there. I, I would like to look 10 years younger at all times. I'm just, and, and I also measure my biological age with tests like True Diagnostics, which is a methylation test that tells you your how your body operationally is doing compared to your cohort. Though I am 62, I am chronologically, I have the biological age of a 43 and a half year old. And I'm trying to get that wow. down below 40 through exercise, nutrition, good sleep, and great sex. So orgasms, they just light the fuck up out of mm -hmm. your brain. I mean, they just like... <sighs> so you want to do that as much as possible because that's blood flow to your brain. Yeah. That's going to reverse all of the, you know, where did I put my keys and all the, I can't think of the word because you're getting all this massive blood flow. It's a vascular experience too. When you are pumping all that blood, you are pumping your vascular system that keeps you young. Then of course, there's the oxytocin generated right. and oxytocin is fantastic. It definitely makes you love your partners, but it also makes you less annoyed with people generally. <laughs> I think they should remove the fluoride out of our water and replace it with oxytocin because oh, we're wish. all pissed at each other right now. You know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Oh, we're having a hard time in this country. Oh, and then, interestingly enough, for those who are in heterosexual monogamous relationships or heterosexual relationships, uh, you know, penis in vagina partnerships, there's also all of the great things in semen semen is chock-a-block full of stuff that's great for our bodies serotonin testosterone like i need any more testosterone <laughs> i'm swimming in the stuff i love testosterone so much so you're taking testosterone oh hell yeah why well it gives you courage because oh. i don't want to be a little old lady it helps with cognition Mm -hmm. It helps with desire. Mm -hmm. I mean, why are dudes horny and they think they already know the answer to everything and they think they're better than they are? Testosterone. 
Oh, so I want to think I'm better than I am. I want to be horny. Yeah. I want all that stuff. And muscle, muscle mass. Yeah. You don't want to shrink. You want to stay strong. You know, like literally what I'm working on when we started the show, just before we started rolling, I was telling you I'd hurt my back yesterday on a machine. I was literally seeing how strong, how much weight I could push. I was just pushing so hard. Would I be doing that if I weren't? full of testosterone <laughs> now I'd be worried about hurting myself I mean yes I did hurt Wait, which you did <laughs> <laughs> but I will heal <laughs> yes yes with the help of the testosterone right also, right, right. <laughs> yep. semen also has spermidine in it spermidine is a trigger for autophagy which is for cellular renewal you know how the whole semen retention thing started with the with the Taoist? I was literally at the biohacking conference. I just keynoted that a couple of weeks ago and I met Okay, wait, there's Taoist- a biohacking conference? Yes. <laughs> Can you just I, I think that you've been telling us about biohacking, of course, uh-huh. but could you just give a definition so yeah. that we're clear? Yeah, biohackers do things that keep you younger longer. It's a Got longevity it. strategy. So biohacks are things you can do to stay younger, like have intimacy three. They called it sex in the study, by the, by the way, sex three times a week. But I was like, oh, then everyone's going to think that's intercourse and inner it's not. Sex can be anything that gives you orgasms and makes you feel good and bonds you to yourself or others. You know, it's like, let's widen that definition. So I don't say sex. I say intimacy. Yeah. Sexual biohacking is anti-aging and longevity of not just the genitals, but your desire and your response and how you feel about yourself and all of those things. I'm a sexual biohacker, but I'm also a biohacker biohacker. Yeah, I do a lot of things like take senolytics, which puts you into autophagy, which cleans out the cellular debris and gets rid of the dead and broken cells so you can regenerate new fresh ones so you can stay younger. And that's one of the components of semen. Spermidine. Ah. It's literally called spermidine. It's for autophagy. And so I was talking to this Taoist sexual scholar and I asked her, so what's the deal with the whole semen retention thing? Like, because I thought semen was really good for you and would help you live longer. So if they retain it, what what about their partners? Are their partners like dying really young? And she said, well, semen retention came from the Taoist emperor so that he could live longer. They didn't give a shit about his concubines. They could die off and he'd just get more. And I'm like, uh-huh, there you go. That's so <laughs> interesting. So all these guys who are practicing semen retention, now, albeit sex is a bell curve, I don't have to tell you two that, you're a pros. So there are people who get sad when they ejaculate. Okay, so don't ejaculate. I'm not saying it's for everybody. But for the <laughs> average dude who's like, I really love to jerk off every day. Should I do semen retention? I'm like, fuck no. But don't waste that semen. Help out. Help a friend out. Give it to them because it'll help yeah. you live longer. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't really keep do it all think, to yourself. Don't keep it all to yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I do think semen's been vilified. Like, ew, semen. And that's just because of the fear of contraception, I think more than any, you know, the fear of the fear of conception and lack of good contraceptive alternatives. And so we have been taught to be afraid of it, but it's actually quite healthy for us. And so I I like to wrong the rights of the past patriarchal religiosity bullshit that's been (laughs) a burden for us forever. (laughs) You are so much fun. Uh, Speaking of misconceptions, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about female sexuality? 
and pleasure? I think number one is that we underestimate how long it takes to get aroused. Mm, yep. So women are afraid to take the time to ask for the time that mm-hmm. they need to get really, really turned on. I, I think that most women never even know what raging desire feels yep. like. Yep. Men, the male bodied with their testosterone, they know what raging desire feels like. And mm-hmm. I would like more women to get to that point where they are just like really, really turned on and sexually self-expressed and completely supported in their desires and living in the moment and listening to their bodies and asking for what they want Mm. right now because it changes all the time. So Mm -hmm. I think the myth is that we're like the, you know, the the less sexual or what have, and I don't think we are. I think we are insanely sexual if we allow ourselves. Yeah, I like that calling out of the hormones also, because I think that we get so conditioned that this way that we experience desire is kind of a hard truth. Mm. But really, a testosterone-based body and an estrogen-based body just experience kind of a different arousal journey Mm -hmm. and absolutely like the extra time that's needed but it's just like we've moved so far away from like taking time to do anything Mm -hmm. that now it's just like you know I feel like more and more I get people just asking like how can I have quickies like how can I get off fast and it's like that's great that should absolutely be part of your repertoire I think everybody should know how to you know when you're like stressed and you just need a release to like get in the shower and just get yourself off but it is it's really missing a big part of the experience. Yeah. Okay, Susan, I want to know if you were stranded on a metaphorical desert island and you could only bring one sex tip with you, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Could it be another person? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you get to have, no, you you get to have your lover there with you. (laughs) Yoni massage is my sex tip. I think Yoni Massage is the unsung hero of the sexual pleasure world. And I think that it is because, number one, it levels the playing field a bit where it gives a female body time to first to relax, to not feel rushed, Mm -hmm. to feel loved, to be seen, Mm -hmm. to be pleasured fully and not just grab a boob and stick it in, (laughs) Um, be doted on. Mm to be cummed really well, to be warmed up, to be engorged, to be activated. One of the things that I recently did was I started an OnlyFans and it's my name, OnlyFans.com slash Susan Bratton. I did it because I can't put a vulva on Instagram and show you how the different parts like to be touched. Try kneading the outer labia. Try Mm. running your fingers across the top of the mons, back and forth, all the way to the groin, all the way to the groin. And don't just rub the skin. Press through the skin to the Mm. meat. Always touch my meat, not my skin. Skin is nice, but you want to activate that deep 
tissue and you want to get the fluids, the lymphatic movement, the fluids moving in, the blood coming down, the engorgement, fluffing everything up. Watch that pussy blossom. <laughs> Don't stop till she's full. Give her all the touch she desires, that genital pleasuring. Working from the outside in, never mm. sticking your finger on the clit, never sticking your finger in the vestibule, never sticking your finger in the vagina before she's opened and asking for it. Mm -hmm. Ask for permission to enter. Wait until the lubrication comes. Just slow down. Relax. And the one of the biggest issues isn't getting the par your partner to do it. It's allowing yourself to receive mm -hmm. it without mm -hmm. wondering mm -hmm. if you're taking too long. Yep. Yep. It's learning to allow and learning to receive. It is a fabulous practice. So I would take Yoni massage to the desert island for 100, please, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Yoni massage? <laughs> oh, I love that. Exactly. Well, this, I mean, gosh, this has just been a wonderful hour that we have spent with you. Yeah, and what is so great. informative. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm taking all these notes because oh, I want to make sure that we, there's so many references in here that are really helpful. And I want to make sure that people have them in the show notes. Yeah. I was just going to say thank you so much for having me because I was so excited to be with the two of you. You are kindred spirits. I could mm. be myself. I could play full out. You create a platform for someone like me to not have to use euphemisms, to not have to mm -hmm. sugarcoat mm -hmm. shit. Yes. Yeah. I can just oh. say yes. what I need to say. And you like what a it. I feel the love. I feel the appreciation. <laughs> and I'm reflecting it right back to you. It's like yes. a magic moment when people who are in service to others' sexual expansion come mm -hmm. together and have, you know, like a desire to lift all up. So thank yes. you for having me. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, what, a, well, what a joy. Gosh. Okay. Where can people find you? What do you have coming up? Because I have a feeling that people are going to want to find you. Yep, yep. I hope so. I want to be found. Um, the easiest thing you can do is get on my sex tips email. Like if you like all the shit I just said, that's what I talk about all the time in my sex tips newsletter. Mm -hmm. And that's at betterlover.com. You can just opt in there. And if you have a question for me, the reason that I'm such a nerd and I know so much shit is because anybody who gets my newsletter and replies to me, I get it. And mm -hmm. I'll answer your questions. I'll send you a link to something. I'll answer it. It'll be private. It You make me good by being in my world. So mm. I love that betterlover.com. You can follow me on Instagram and at my name, Susan Bratton. You can follow me on OnlyFans at my name, Susan Bratton. And um, I think I gave you the orgasmic cross training link with all the list of everything that's good and if you're on my newsletter you'll know when orgasmic intercourse comes out i write mm -hmm. little books so you're like oh that was a tasty snack i'm gonna go have some orgasms now <laughs> well you seem very precise with your language and with your studies your Thank sexual you. athleticism in scientific <laughs> studies so i appreciate that about you i'm sure your newsletters are really wonderful we have to sign up sarah Get, get yes <laughs> yes for a second I thought you said we have to sign off and I was like but I I no. just pulled an affirmation for no, Susan no no <laughs> oh, how fun yeah so these are our um parting thoughts 
I don't know that you need this one, but it is very apropos for you. Trust yourself because you are a total badass. Mm, true words. I second yes, that. Yes, the blonde barbarian. That is That's me. right. <laughs> oh. Thank you. This was Thank so fun. You. Thank you. So, Robin. Yeah. Wow. What did you think of that interview? I'm blown away. Susan was so much energy that... I just, I wasn't expecting it. She's very interesting, fascinating person. And I kept being kind of flabbergasted by how scientifically knowledgeable she is. I mean, she can rattle off all the anatomy, knows everything that's going on, but at the same time is really athletic and embodied embodied in her approach. So... It, it, she was very fascinating. I, In I, some ways, she educates by example. Yeah. Like, I think that she really models sexual empowerment. Like, if you look at her social media platforms, she oozes yeah. sexuality. Yeah. No, you can tell she's having great orgasms. Yes. Just yes. by her she, face. She literally glows. Yes. Yes. But you're correct that her retention of the fine details of human anatomy, technique, Mm -hmm. all of this information that she's retained over the last 20 years from both study and personal exploration. She can rattle it off in this way that is like she's steeped in it. Yes. She lives it. Yeah. She is living it. Absolutely. In a way that I'm like, Dang, that is so inspiring. Before we jumped on with her and she said that she had kind of thrown her back out from Mm -hmm. doing this exercise. I was like, oh, of course she's a hardcore exerciser. Like that was certainly those years that I was really exercising kind of religiously, like my sexual performance was very enhanced during that time too. And had, I had kind of like endless energy for it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, yeah, all of these things that she does are very much in conversation with each other, super high energy going and speaking at big events is also kind of a big high energy thing. So like, think about like the Vanessa Carlisle approach Uh versus the Susan Bratton approach. Yes. Like so different. I think that's really interesting. And I kept thinking about it during the interview of how a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is more about embodiment, somatic practices, and a lot of the mental, emotional ways that we get into sexuality. Uh, What does gender mean to me? How do I express myself sexually as a person? Or all of these things that are more to do with the cerebral and the emotional and what Susan just came charging in with is so technique based Mm -hmm. and her whole approach to her sexuality petering out in her marriage was so scientific and systematic and well the issue is just how we're going about it so let's change how we go about it and very action oriented as action well. oriented very yeah. action oriented but she did call herself a nerd at one point and i think that's important of like she dived deep 
into this issue and created a whole lifestyle mm-hmm. out of the solution that fucking works for her, mm-hmm. you know? And I, it's so admirable and infectious. Yeah. And at the same time, her approach is not the approach that like would work for me, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. appreciate the vigor and I learned some shit, you know? And it's not that techniques cannot help us. Of course, the techniques are very helpful, but like, For instance, like I think my sexual exploration right now has less to do with technique and more to do with, at the moment, introspection, embodiment, and how you want to feel reconnection to my body, how I want to feel. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, when you say it wouldn't work for you, is it because of the hyper focus on it as well? Technique, I don't think is the issue. I think that if I was able to have a relationship in a space right now where I felt more secure and free to be myself, then I could start delving into the technique. But I think you have to have those things first. It's just where I'm at with my long-term relationship, where we're reconfiguring our relationship and trying to see how we fit in with the people that we've grown to become over the last 13 years. So, I mean, it's not only that you have to have the techniques, you have to have the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your partners. There's a lot to it that for me is more than the techniques, but I am fascinated by the techniques. Yeah. I would say though, also what's interesting is like, the part of her journey and her story, not that I'm trying to like fill in the gaps necessarily, but like you are not coming to this stage from having had a dearth of sex and experiences and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is the ebb and flow that we Mm -hmm. all go through, right? Is that we're going to have times that are more action oriented. And then we're going to have these times in our lives where we kind of have to step back reassess, reflect who, I mean, Robin at Hmm. 62, you might be kind of like a, you know, (laughs) a different gothier version of Susan Brown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I hope I'm buff and getting (laughs) vampire treatments on my, okay. Do you know what the vampire treatment is when, when she was talking about the plasma? PRP. The PRP. I only know this from I've seen like two or three clips of the Kardashians, but one of them was Kim Kardashian getting this, what they call a vampire facial, which is they suck blood out of you, you know, with a needle and then spin it around. So they get all the platelets and then they needle it back into your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a platelet rich plasma PRP therapy uses injections of a concentration of a patient's own platelets to accelerate the healing of injured tendons, ligaments, muscles, and joints. Okay. So when they did it to Kim Kardashian's face, it's like she had all these little spots of blood all over her face from them, like injecting it in many, many, many places around her face. Okay. And when, when Susan says that she had this done on her fucking clitoris, I mean, that could be a whole show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want want any needles coming near your clit. I mean, I 
um, totally respect people that do, but no, I do not personally want to have multiple platelet injections in my clitoris, but respect that she does. But I have this interview left me with more questions. Yeah, we'll, we have to have Susan. we'll have to have Susan back. I just would like to put it on the record that mm-hmm. I don't think I would be opposed to little injections in my clit. I'm just putting it out there. That is shocking. I am shocked to hear that. I would not have. I. You should tell that to Andrea. I'm interested. In what she says. I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. To to make it like to what end? I think if I get to a place where either if it's in my career, uh-huh. or perhaps where I have enough downtime where I'm you know I'm not parenting a small child working a full-time job, doing a podcast, right? I could see myself really just focusing a lot of energy on my body. And perhaps part of that would be getting little injections in my clitoris. Maybe wow. my retirement is going to be, I don't know. I don't see it for myself. I don't think I'm going to go out and book an appointment this week. No, but once you're 60, I think you're going to uh, yeah. be on the biohack yeah. train. So there was one thing that I wanted to add on to, a sex tip that Mm. I would like to add into the mix, because this Mm -hmm. felt like a very sex-oriented conversation. And also something that that she shared that I thought had a lot of universality Mm -hmm. and was really applicable, regardless of whether you're going to go down the Susan Bratton path. When we were talking about anatomy, she was sharing about how to stimulate the genitals, how to create full arousal so that the genitals are actually primed Mm, mm -hmm. for stimulation. We were talking about the cavern. She was describing stimulating, like don't stimulate the skin. Right. Stimulate the meat. Right. And it made me think of one of my absolute favorite sex tips, which is the pussy hug. But I also love to apply it to penis having bodies Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. because the pubic mound, Susan talked about it a lot, is that area right above the clit, right above the base of the penis where the pubic bone, there's kind of like this fleshy, meaty part over the pubic bone. And you can actually indirectly access the internal shaft of the penis and the clit Mm -hmm. if you massage this area. So if you're playing with a vulva, you can take like the palm of your hand, so the bottom part, maybe like the pad where your thumb is and press it in there. You can use anything to massage this area. But if you use that part of your hand, you can wrap your fingers around the vulva, down towards the anus. And then, you know, if you lubricate your fingers, you can do like a nice massaging with the palm of your hand while you stroke up the labia. You could do this on a soft penis as well that you're lightly Mm -hmm. stroking there, but you're really pressing into this area of the pubic mound, massaging the meat. Yes. Not like grazing the skin. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's so cool is that, and I think she was speaking to this, arousal anywhere in the body equals arousal everywhere. So like 
anywhere that you stimulate that is arousing for you brings blood flow in. So I think of this technique of like massaging the pubic mount as a way of like priming the genitals because it just starts bringing this blood flow in and everything perks up. It starts filling up and the vulva just like the penis engorges with blood and gets meatier. I really want to start using some of this language when I'm talking about arousal and the genitals and stimulating the genitals, like this idea of like, you want it to be meaty before you really dive into the super sensitive erogenous zones. So I was very excited that she called out the pubic Mm -hmm. mount. And um, if you haven't tried the pussy hug, it's actually a really great solo play technique. And if you keep some stimulation of the pubic mound during other kinds of stimulation, it really kind of helps to keep the blood flowing and the arousal high. Yeah. And I, the pussy hug is one of my favorite warm-up techniques because even Susan was talking about how you have to wait to be invited in. You have to yeah. be patient and take your time and wait for the pussy to blossom. And then you come in. Especially if what you're looking to do is to expand your orgasmic response, mm-hmm. experience multiple orgasms. I mean, there's lots of kinds of sex that require a lot of technique, but you can also do kind of just these really simple techniques to help elongate your session of play, which then just gives the body more time to become aroused. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I loved this. This was so great. Everyone go find Susan Bratton at susanbratton.com at Susan Bratton on the socials. She is a wealth of knowledge. We learned a lot. Mm -hmm. This was a blast. And find us at fuck yeah pod on Instagram and TikTok. We are now on YouTube. We're at F yeah podcast on YouTube. We will start putting some video content up. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see our faces as we're talking, you can find us there. Our email is also F yeah pod at gmail.com. Well, until next time, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah.